get ready for a veteran-filled episode of Life's a Bunch Podcast. Who's next? Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. As you see, your boy is very, very hype. Hype, you say? How are you hyped with a main event like Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for the WWE SmackDown Universal Championship? How are you hyped for part-time mania, as the fans are calling it? How are you hyped for such a veteran-filled show? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's simple. Because your boy still loves wrestling. No matter what, agendas, part-timers, no matter how sloppy and slow certain superstars look nowadays in the past their primes, you gotta love the professional business of wrestling. Plus, in my DDP way of thinking, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So... Welcome, guys. This is your boy, Highlight Real, a.k.a. the Prince of Botch, baby. And you already know what time it is. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a fun-filled episode. Uh, No guest on this particular episode, so it's just going to be you and me. Okay, chico? All right? You want to play with the bad guy? Reza Ramon. See? I got to give y'all some veteran-style moves and veteran-style-like impressions because we're in a veteran season right now. Can you believe it, guys? We are weeks away. It is officially March. We are weeks away from WrestleMania. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. WrestleMania! Yes, we are getting so close to it, ladies and gentlemen. And, I mean, you can just feel the excitement in the air. Tampa Bay! The real question is, are you guys ready for a fun-filled pirate episode of WrestleMania, mate? Yes, mate. Go ahead and get in your Tampa Bay ships. Let's see if we'll get all the pirates, all the pirates in the world to just, you know, make it gimmick mania, why don't you? You know, hey, I'm interested to see how this goes. But without further ado... Let's get into some wrestling news. Now, before I get started on wrestling news, guess what? We have our first sponsor, y'all. Yeah, we got our first sponsor on the Lives of Bodcast. See, I'm botching my words because I'm so excited. I We got our first official sponsor representing the Lives of Botch podcast. Right now, I'd like to send a special shout out to our folks at Gwinnett Nutrition, located in Lawrenceville, Georgia, off of Grayson Highway, full of the best loaded teas and the best meal replacement shakes you could ever have, baby. So if you're in the Gwinnett area and you're in Lawrenceville, be sure to check out Gwinnett Nutrition. Tell them Highlight Reel from the Life's Botch podcast sent you. You just never know what you might get. And I'm telling you, they got some of the best meal replacement shakes you could ever have. I've tried the Cinnamon Toast Crunch meal replacement shake, and yes, it tastes exactly 
like cinnamon toast crunch, y'all. And the best part about it, there's no sugar. What? Really? None? Yes, guys. Meal replacement shakes, no sugar whatsoever, yet they taste so good. They've got flavors like key lime pie and chocolate chip cookie dough, cookies and cream, you know. Amen. Salted caramel, fruity pebbles, so much galore. And those loaded teas, man, total energy boosters. Get you through the day and you won't crash like with energy drinks. So, Gwinnett Nutrition, Lawrenceville, Georgia, located off Grayson Highway. Be sure to give it a check. All right. Now, y'all like how I did my first little sponsorship? I kind of like it too. I never thought I'd be able to do that, but I always wanted to. It feels so great. But, anyways. <clears throat> First things first, let's go over to AEW, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, AEW had their, I believe what, I, I kind of lost count on their pay-per-views at this point, but they 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 had uh, AEW Revolution, of course, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was a phenomenal show. Much like anything that AEW does for the most part, it was a very, very phenomenal show. So, <clears throat> let's just go over the card a little bit, shall we? Let's see. You had the Dark Order defeat SCU. SCU via pinfall. <clears throat> Jake Hager made his in-ring debut against the ageless wonder known as Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Gold Dust, to some of you guys who haven't really watched, uh, you know, AEW, you know, because you're probably anti-AEW, you know. We're anti-AEW over here. We're WWE marks. Okay, cool, you know. <clears throat> Darby Allen, who is one of my favorite rising stars, defeated Sammy Guevara via pinfall. So he got his revenge for the skateboard through the throat. Sammy Guevara, yet another great rising star in the business, I, I, I got to admit, these two guys had such an amazing time to shine and showcase that they indeed are the future of not just AEW, but pro wrestling as a whole. So, shouts out to you two for that match. Okay, we had the AEW Tag Team Championships on the line as Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega defeated the Young Bucks. <gasps> Wow, a battle within the elites there. And they beat them clean via pinfall. Go figure. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we had the AEW Women's Championship be defended. Nyla Rose defeated Chris Statlander via pinfall to retain the title. That was a battle of, well, you know, a movable force versus a movable object. And it looks like the immovable force definitely won that one. Oh, well, we'll see you next time. Unfortunately, that didn't get too good of a grade. That was like a grade D. So, uh, <sighs> sorry, ladies. Maybe the chemistry isn't there. We'll just see what happens next time. MJF. Young man MJF, y'all. He went over Cody Rhodes. So, you know what I find crazy? Cody Rhodes went through... All of hell and hot water. This man took 10 lashes to the back. Went through pure D. Well, you know. And he literally 
one by basically killing himself doing a moonsault off the top of a cage to defeat Wardlow. And all of that only in a losing effort to MJF. But it's expected because MJF is definitely one of another one of the uh, company's rising stars and arguably probably the best heel in the business right now. So, and then of course, Cody arguably right now, it's up for debate, but Cody Rhodes is arguably the greatest babyface in the company right now. Uh, maybe in all of wrestling. Who really knows? Uh, <clears throat> we had Pac defeat Orange Cassidy via submission. Oh, man. No, 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 no. Not my boy Orange Cassidy. I'm really trying to understand and picture Poor old lazy gimmicked, you know, Orange Cassidy. Like, I wonder what his tap out was like. Like, was it one of those quick tap outs or was it kind of like a lazy tap out of just like one, two, three? You know, I don't know. Orange Cassidy's so over that I'm kind of surprised he lost his first match because low key, that was kind of his first match, unless he had some matches on AEW Dark that I didn't know of. But nevertheless, Orange Cassidy lost. And Pac goes over yet again. In a way, it makes sense because Pac at the moment is kind of the bigger star to push, per se. But Orange Cassidy is definitely over with the fan base, and he is going to be on his way. And last but not least, for the AEW Championship, we had John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, for UW. WE marks out there who probably don't even know who John Moxley is because you're too caught up in your WWE fandom. <clears throat> John Moxley defeated Chris Jericho via pinfall and is your new reigning, defending, undisputed AEW champion. So I guess we got a moment of silence for the most awesome first time ever La Champion. Quick moment of silence. All right, that's enough of that. Chris Jericho went on a nice run, and uh, no doubt he's going to definitely try to get his rematch, and he's going to try to get it back, but more than likely, if I had to guess, I'm going to say they're going to set this up to where John Mox is going to be in a rematch. He's going to defeat Chris Jericho, and we're going to see how Moxley is with this championship. Uh, it'll be interesting because in WWE, when he was Dean Ambrose, his championship run was kind of bland. You know, it wasn't really great, but it wasn't really entertaining either. You know, it was it, it, it was just kind of bland. Albeit, that was probably WWE's fault, A, because they suck at booking, and B, they wouldn't really let Moxley be his full-fledged character self as Ambrose. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this title run goes compared to his WWE title run days. I'm excited. I'm feeling Stone Cold type vibes, if not worse, you know. Um, yeah. So, more than likely, I'm going to guess his next challenger might be... Ooh. It's kind of hard because Kenny Omega right now is tag team champions with Hangman Page. So I don't really know. I mean, 
maybe MJF. Uh, it might be too soon for him, though. I, I doubt they would catapult him to the title picture that quick. He 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 kind of needs to be a mid card champion first. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who they have him. Go- maybe Pac. I'm thinking Pac. That that's who's probably gonna face Moxley next after him and Jericho have their uh, rematch bout. More than likely, it'll probably be Pac. Pac will probably be the man. That bastard Pac will be the guy who goes against Moxley. And I don't think he'll beat him, per se, because it looks like Moxley will probably hold on to that title for a little while, depending on how his run goes. But uh, overall, great job, AEW, yet again. Solid pay-per-view. You guys killed it, as always. And... uh, We're looking forward to their next upcoming pay-per-view. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, As far as Impact Wrestling goes, Impact Wrestling will be doing their tapings here in Atlanta, Georgia, coming up on March 4th and March 5th. They will be at the Coca-Cola Roxy. So uh, be sure to go ahead and grab your tickets. Lord knows I'm going to try to grab me a ticket and see if I can make my way out there myself. Maybe get some interviews and stuff for you guys. You know, it's not often impacts here in Atlanta. And I would love to catch impact out here in Hotlanta. So, you know, catch a hometown guy like Moose and uh, Miss Kiara Hogan, you know, the girl on fire. Uh, So, yeah, that about does it uh, as far as the wrestling news on that end of things goes. So let's go ahead and talk some WWE, shall we? WWE. All right. So. Gosh, guys, where do I even start? Well, we had Super Showdown, you know, good old sweet Saudi money. Super Showdown, you know, um, happened this past Thursday morning, that is, uh, 12 o'clock our time, and of course, obviously, at about 7, 8 o'clock their time. Um, so, <laughs> boy, that was the talk of the night because you just you, you couldn't believe it. Well, let's start from the top. Viking Raiders went against Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, a.k.a. the OC. That was the kickoff show. And, uh, yeah, the Viking Raiders lost, surprisingly, in a clean pin. So I guess that means the run that they had is pretty much over. I guess that means they're going to be in Jobbersville from here on out. More than likely with a gimmick like that and the way they've been crapped on, even though they're such a great tag team. That's the crazy part. In NXT, they weren't getting crapped on. but from day one, when they had that Viking experience, horrible name that got crapped on by the internet and everybody else, they really just haven't been the same. So, I mean, much like any talent that comes up to the main roster from NXT and gets lost in the sauce, well, Viking Raiders, pretty sure they won't see the tag team titles anytime soon. Okay, moving on. Now you have the two-way two-whack trophy gauntlet. That was uh, interesting because I don't even know why they bothered to have this gimmick trophy match based off of how this ended. It really made no sense at all to have it. But nonetheless, you did have it. Started off with my boy R-Truth, who had a very, very great 24 documentary on the WWE Network. That's a shameless side plug right there. So... I am a big fan of R-Truth. I followed him all the way back into his days in Memphis Championship Wrestling, which I'm so happy they covered that in the 24 special on him. That brought back a lot of memories because when he was K-Quick 
and he went on to be K Crush, and then he went on to be Ron the Truth Killings. I mean, those days were amazing. I love our truth, man. The fact that that guy is ageless, timeless, and still manages to be relevant in WWE today, not looking a day over 25. I'm telling you, man, it's awesome. But him and uh, Bobby Lashley started things off in the ring. Bobby Lashley lost, <laughs> which is so crazy because, I mean, he just beat our truth cleanly. But shout out to our truth, man, getting those victories. Then he went against Andrade, and he defeated Andrade. And then he went against Eric Rowan, who he also defeated Eric Rowan via disqualification. Eric Rowan beat him down. And weakened Truth after he had just gone through two other opponents. AJ Styles comes out, toys around with R-Truth for about maybe three minutes, gets him the calf crusher submission finisher, and R-Truth, of course, taps out. As expected, because he's been through two other men, three other men already, so you kind of knew it was coming. So then things took an interesting turn from this point. AJ Styles beats R-Truth. There's one more opponent left than little old Rey Mysterio. And, man, I really hate that they do Rey like this every single time. I mean, like, Rey, why did you come back to WWE? I, I always wonder. I mean, it's good to see you in WWE, but, man, why would you allow them to just fly you all the way across town just to get beat down on? You know what I'm saying? Like, that just makes no sense. Like, I really don't get it. But, hey, it is what it is. He was getting beat down backstage by the OC. And so then AJ Styles is sitting there laughing comically, and he's like, hey, I am the winner of this little pointless gimmick match. I deserve the trophy, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, scene cuts, and we see the OC getting beat down, and then we see... Someone dressed in all black with a trench coat, a long trench coat. Of course, we just see the bottom of the feet. And lo and behold, ladies and gents, it was the Undertaker. Rest in peace. So the Undertaker makes his long, dramatic walk down the ramp and gets into the ring and choke slams AJ Styles without even breaking a sweat. Didn't take his coat off, didn't take his hat off, choke slams AJ Styles, pins him for the one, two, three, and, and that was that. Didn't really care about the trophy at all. And again, I say, what was the point of a gimmick match that meant absolutely nothing? Who knows? But based off of those turn of events, the seeds were already planted because AJ Styles was already bragging about the fact that, well, you know, he. Yes, he, AJ Styles, the face that runs the place, the house that AJ Styles built, AJ, 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 said that he, he could beat any and all of these legends. And then, lo and behold, the deadliest legend of them all comes in and just without effort beats him in three minutes. Not even three. Didn't really break a sweat at all. Probably like 30 seconds or so. Now, the rumor going into this was that AJ Styles and The Undertaker were going to have a match at Mania. Pretty sure that's still going to take its effect, yet 
it just makes you wonder, why would you want to see a match between these two now if The Undertaker came out and defeated AJ Styles so quickly? Without little effort. I mean, is it really believable now if AJ Styles is like, hey, I want to challenge The Undertaker at WrestleMania. But you just lost to him in Saudi Arabia in not even less than two minutes. So what's the point of this again? I don't know, folks. But if AJ Styles really does have a legit match with The Undertaker and it goes at least, let's say at least 10 minutes, AJ Styles will definitely bring the best out of The Undertaker. So let's see what happens on Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. And let's see if we're right about that seed being planted of AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. All right, so moving on from that point there, let's see here. All right, so from there, we go on to the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, where the New Day go against Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison defeat the New Day and become your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Let's be honest, there was no surprise there. The New Day's done it all. They've done so much. You knew they were going to lose these titles, and it wasn't much to talk about. Cool match, and that was that. So congrats to Miz and Morrison, the uh, A-list, you know, the dirt sheet, all that good stuff, you know, yeah, all that, whatever they call themselves. Shout out to them uh, being the reboot and going back in time, you know, back to the future. Uh, Okay, so... So after that, we had a battle of cousins. Angel Garza goes against Humberto Carrillo. Yeah, y'all like how I said that? You do? You do? Yeah. I I think I'm going to start doing that some more. But anyways, Angel Garza defeated Humberto Carrillo. Defeated him for the one, two, three. And once again, Humberto Carrillo has taken yet another L. I don't recall, from the time this man got on this roster to now, I don't recall a single win that he has yet to get yet. And he's gotten title shots, lost them all, and he every single match he continues to have on live television, he loses again. Cleanly, need I mind you. So... I really don't see the purpose of why WWE's pushing this guy or if they're pushing this guy. I don't know. They seem to be on a real Latino agenda lately. I mean, it's like Rey Mysterio's the veteran that's working with the Latin talents, yet it's almost like they're looking for a modern-day Eddie Guerrero or a modern-day Rey Mysterio to just push and be the face of the Latin community in WWE. And right now, they've got Andrade, Humberto Carrillo, and Angel Garza. Many would argue and say Angel Garza is the best of the three as far as who has the total package, looks, in-ring talent, speaks some English, and does give off some Eddie Guerrero-like vibes to him. Yet, You can't really knock out Andrade either because the guy really is very, very talented. His English isn't the best, but he is very, very talented. And when you got Zelina Vega, I mean, come on. Come on. 
hell. I wish I had Zelina Vega to be my freaking mouthpiece on this podcast. Man, do you know how much my confidence would boost right about now having a woman like Zelina Vega? Sheesh. Okay, that's enough of that. But, <clears throat> so yeah. Carillo, Humberto, Carillo. Eh, well, man, I don't know. I guess it's safe to say you're the most pushed jobber I've ever seen, if that makes sense. Moving on, we had the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line. <sighs> Monday Night Messiah Seth Rollins. Oh, my Lord. I'm not going to lie. Now, I talked to you guys about how I felt on this la on the last episode with my last guest. But I ain't going to lie. I'm feeling the look Seth Rollins has, though. I mean, you know, the whole ponytailed hair and a nice little man bun, and he's got the little beard growing out even more, kind of trying to look like a miniature Jesus, you know? I ain't gonna lie. It's kind of cool look-wise, but I'm still not the biggest fan of the gimmick, but, I mean, I like the fact that he's making it work for him. He's developing some persona here. So, uh, yeah, Seth, keep it up. They went against my guys, the Street Profits. Ah, the Street Profits. I love these guys so much. And I am going to get to what I'm going to go with here. But uh, that was a very, very great match. And unfortunately, Street Profits did not win the tag team titles, even though I really, really wanted them to. But I knew it wasn't going to happen that soon. And I'm kind of mad WWE decided to make them challengers that soon. You could have did any other tag team in that spot and saved the Street Profits for last. I mean, with charisma like what they got, how would you not put the titles on those boys? I could see the crowd popping if they beat these guys. You know what I mean? But it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Dolph Ziggler goes against Mansoor, the hometown Saudi Arabian wrestling talent there is. Yes, you've said it, folks. We only see this guy every once in a blue moon, ironically. For the political agenda WWE has, we only see this guy when they're in Saudi Arabia. And after that, it's back to NXT where we'll never see you on television because we don't even see him on NXT television. So it's very amazing to me that this guy shows up conveniently every single time when it's time in his hometown for a cheap pop because he's a hometown Saudi Arabian. And then they put him in these high-profile matches against a Cesaro a Dolph Ziggler, and so many more. What's the point? Why are you doing this? I mean, American fans are seeing this and saying, I mean, because the guy is talented. I mean, he looks like a combination of Mustafa Ali and Seth Rollins if they had a baby together. Now, the problem is, as talented as he is, we don't see the guy, not even on the brand that he really is on. So what is the point of bringing him to Saudi Arabia? Just for simple politics, ladies and gentlemen. And for that, it's like, ugh, just get off the TV already, man. We already know why you're here. It's good to see you in your hometown. Much love. You are very talented, but come on, man. Get better, WWE. But anyways, WWE, oh, my God. The WWE Championship match between Brock Lesnar and Ricochet. Folks, I can count on my fingers. Because if you blinked, more than likely you missed this match. 
This was literally what you would call a bathroom break of a match. If you went to the bathroom and you took a quick little piss, I, I guarantee by the time you got back, you heard Brock Lesnar's theme music playing and you were saying to yourself, what the heck just happened? Ricochet didn't get any offense in in this match. He tried to do a running drop kick and got slapped to the ground. And from that point on, it was Suplex City from there, followed by a big fat F5, and just like that, one, two, three. Next, we'll touch on that a little more later. Roman Reigns went against Baron Corbin. Uh, I don't know if they heard me. I don't know if they heard me. So let's let's just let's just say that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, once again for the 50 millionth millionth time, we had Baron Corbin go against Roman Reigns in a steel cage match. Aww. I no, I know. Like oh. that's how I'm feeling every single time they repeat stuff that we have seen a gazillion times. Please, Lord, tell me this feud is over. Of course it is. You know why, guys? Because we've got Roman Reigns against Bill Goldberg. This was just a placement to hold him long enough for the main event of WrestleMania. Go figure. So, let's continue to go down the line. Oh, yeah, Roman Reigns, if you didn't guess by now, already won that match. So, yeah. <clears throat> SmackDown Women's Championship. Naomi, Naomi, Naomi versus Bailey. Pretty good match for what it was. Once again, the women make history because this was the first time that the women's championship was ever defended in Saudi Arabia. Much like the first women's match last year between Natalia and Lacey Evans, both women came out, you know, showing no skin outside of, you know, hands and face. No skin shown, wearing T-shirts over long bodysuits. And Bailey used that to her advantage because she basically ties Naomi up and ties her feet under her shirt and does her finisher and beats her clean one, two, three. Match probably went about mm, maybe five to seven minutes, maybe. And uh, yeah, so go figure. It was what it was. But I got some thoughts on that one too. Don't you worry, folks. I'm going to end this show with a very controversial note. Universal Championship match. The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg. Now, I gave my thoughts on this in the last episode. And who would have thought? I had some little feeling, but I didn't think it was going to be completely right. Ladies and gentlemen, this was probably the sh shortest match ever. By the Fiend's standards. In Goldberg's case, it's no surprise because all of his matches are short. Goldberg has a limited arsenal. So you already know with what you're going to get in his matches are spear, 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 more spear, 
Jackhammer, one, two, three. So with the Fiend, I don't think he got any offense in this match whatsoever outside of the mandible claw, which he did twice. And Goldberg no-sold it because he's Goldberg and he's invincible, as we'd say, despite the fact that he lost to The Undertaker just last, not too long ago. Well, yeah, last year. Go figure. Ladies and gentlemen, and Derek, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, you've heard it, and you, my friend, are very known for admitting when wrestlers are completely slow. By God, ladies and gentlemen, I love Goldberg, and I always will, but let me tell you, these spears of his are nowhere near as devastating as they used to be. This man's spears look pretty much pathetic at this point. I mean, like, I'm looking at Goldberg Spears now, and I'm just like, dude, you really need to just call it a career at this point. You've, you, you, you had your comeback run, won the universe title, you did it for your son. But, man, this is getting just downright embarrassing. Like, I love you, Goldberg. We love you. But now we're forced to hate you because you just defeated one of the best rising characters in the WWE of today in The Fiend Bray Wyatt. What kills me here is that Goldberg, of all people, did a gazillion spears and it took a total of maybe five spears, which were all in this match in total, and one jackhammer that really didn't even look like a jackhammer, y'all. Like, that wasn't a jackhammer. That was a jacked hammer. You hear that? Like I said, that wasn't a jackhammer, folks. That was literally, and I do mean literally, a jacked hammer. Like, legit, my guy. That was downright pathetic. I mean, what were you thinking? <laughs> Point blank and simple, guys. At the end of the day, Bill Goldberg is your new SmackDown Universal Champion. And, well, the crowd wasn't really feeling that. And, yeah. The next night on SmackDown, you definitely got the effects of that because WWE threw it right in your face, had Goldberg open the show with the title belt around his uh, shoulder, and, uh, yeah, there we go. So, all I have to really say is I get what they're doing here, but what I don't get is logically, and, you know, check out the interview on MTMV, uh, MTMV Sports with the homie Rick Sincere. He called me up when all this commotion was going on online, which is still going on right now as we speak. Right now, guys, uh, people are so, so hurt and upset and angry and ready to riot WWE just because they gave 53-year-old Goldberg his second Universal Championship, and he defeated the hottest character in WWE right now, in wrestling for that matter almost. And it's more so the fact that 
we witnessed the fiend take sledgehammers and chairs and tables and cages. This man took super punishments, straps and everything. He's looked invincible. Like, how would you beat him? How could you beat him? And all of a sudden, just like that, it took five spears and a whack hammer. That's 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 kind of backwards, WWE, but I get it. Goldberg's always looked strong, and what way to make Goldberg look stronger? Have him beat the one that looks unbeatable. Yeah, it is what it is, folks. You can hear the excitement in my voice, and you can tell we are officially back in the 90s. Oh, yes. We are back in the 90s. So, that being said, y'all get ready, because, well, we're next. Next to suffer yet another WrestleMania that has a whole bunch of part-timers in it. Speaking of WrestleMania, let's just go down and go down the WrestleMania card so far that is official for this year's WrestleMania. Are you guys ready? So... So far on this card, locked and loaded, we have Goldberg going against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. We've got Brock Lesnar going against Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. We've got Rhea Ripley going against Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship. Notice that I emphasize women's people. Because, yeah, that's a women's title, okay? Just make sure you know that. We also have, as confirmed now, John Cena has made his in-ring return to go against Bray Wyatt the Fiend. In a very way that was very, very corny, yet cool at the same time. I don't know why you would have the Fiend point out a WrestleMania sign. He shouldn't care about WrestleMania or a WrestleMania sign. It's amazing how over the course of not even just a year, they have already found a way to dumb down The Fiend in ways that just seem so almost practically uncool, but yet he's still able to look and maintain cool just off of his look alone. So what do you do? You know, what do you do? WWE is really trying to kill the mystique of The Fiend, and boy, they're cutting it very, very, very closely. But, they're not quite there yet. All right, so what else do we have locked and loaded in this uh, WrestleMania card? Oh, yes, can't forget AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. So, ladies and gentlemen, can't you tell the trend here? WrestleMania is definitely, albeit name-wise, it is packed. However, the majority of this card is complete part-time mania. Hence the name, part-time mania. Right? Now, it's not always necessarily a bad thing. You need some veteranship. Sometimes you want the veterans to put over the young talent. Only problem is, there ain't no young talent. Roman Reigns isn't young. He's been in the business for a minute now. You know? Now, he's not a part-timer. But we know who Roman is. I mean, 
he's already had his chances to shine and he's already been put over by so many other talents. So it's not as special to see that happen because we already know Goldberg is going to lose the title to Roman Reigns. As Booker T mentioned, it's old Spear versus young Spear. Gee, I'm going to be excited to see how that one goes. Not to mention Superman punches. Okay, and then you've got Brock Lesnar, who, again, we've seen a lot more of him lately, but he's a part-timer as well. We don't see him all the time, but we have seen him more lately. Nonetheless, yet another one to put over someone who's never won the WWE title, never won a world heavyweight title in WWE. But even with Drew, he's not quite a young talent, but he's ready for this spotlight, and he's well-deserving of it, and he's earned it. So, props to him. Rhea Ripley, up-and-coming rising star in the NXT world, and obviously they're trying to set it up where she, I guess, goes over Charlotte, but I don't know, because you know how these flares do, guys. They don't really want to share the spotlight too much, so that'll be interesting. But as far as the rest of these cars, man, I mean... It, it it definitely looks good on paper. And if this were five to ten years ago, it would be that much better. Unfortunately, we're in 2020, and we're already seeing the 90s wrapped up in 2020. And the early 2000s. And the 2010s. Yeah, all of that. Mixed into one. All in this WrestleMania. Crazy, ain't it, folks? So, those so far are your confirmed matches for WrestleMania. It needs a little youth, and I'm sure they'll add some more stuff in between because, as you know, WrestleMania is a very long show. Generally, I'd say it's about four hours usually. So five if you count the pre-show. But nonetheless, get ready for WrestleMania season because we are in the fast lane. Thank God fast lane is no longer a part of this road to WrestleMania. Speaking of Road to WrestleMania, we got the Elimination Chamber coming up this upcoming Sunday. And for whatever reason, we have three, count them, three Elimination Chambers in one pay-per-view. We've got the SmackDown Tag Team titles being defended in a Elimination Chamber. So this is the second time in history of WWE that they are going to do a Tag Team Elimination Chamber match. Very clustered, yet it is what it is. Should be entertaining, should be cool. We'll see what they do next. Nonetheless, moving on. The Raw Women's, I'm sorry, the Raw Women, the Women of Raw, however you want to word it, will be an Elimination Chamber match to determine who will be the number one contender to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Hint, hint, surprise, surprise, guys. Based off the selections here, clearly Shayna Baszler is going to be the option here, which then adds to another official part of the card for Mania, where you'll have Shayna Baszler go against Becky Lynch. End of discussion, end of story, moving on. And I believe, what was the final Elimination Chamber? I don't even really remember what the other Elimination Chamber was supposed to be. I I think it's a I don't even remember, guys. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just going completely honest right now. So uh, if you're listening, you're probably screaming, it's so-and-so. Okay, I'm sorry. That's my botch for the day. And, yeah, 
does it even really matter? I mean, that just goes to show that you haven't shouldn't really even have three elimination chamber matches. You know, I remember back in the day when it used to be just one elimination chamber match. Kind of takes away from the mystique of what the elimination chamber is supposed to be when you got three of them in one in one night. Same thing with the Hell in a Cell. Why would you do three, two matches of a Hell in a Cell and just because it's a pay-per-view name? All you need is one. So I may have to get you guys an article on that one day on just how both the Elimination Chamber and the Hell in a Cell have lost their mystique. They've lost their specialness. They've lost the, the fear that it normally puts into you when you're about to enter a match like that. Because they do them all the time now. So thank you, WWE. Much like certain talents, you have shoved down our throats matches like Money in the Bank, TLC, you know, Steel Cages, all the gimmick matches, man. I mean, gosh, can y'all do something different and just bring back the Inferno match? I mean, you haven't done one of those in a while. You brought back a strap match. That was really unique. You know, I mean, what about an Anywhere Falls? You know, Falls Count Anywhere. You know, something. Oh, well, it is what it is. Okay, WWE, at the end of the day, that's kind of that, folks. And, and uh, yeah, that about does it really for this episode of Life's a Botch at this point. Not really too much to cover outside of the fact that fans are still in outroar of the fact that Goldberg is your new champion. The Fiend has suffered a loss for the first time ever, really, since he debuted as The Fiend. And compared to what he's been through, it looks like utter BS that he just lost to a measly whackhammer that wasn't really the full move that it used to be. So I don't know, guys. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your complaints, your concerns. You know, talk with your boy. Let me know what you're thinking, what you're seeing. Why do you think WWE chose to go this route out of all the routes they could have taken? You could have done The Fiend versus John Cena for the championship. You could have did The Fiend versus Roman Reigns for the championship. I don't I don't know. I don't get it. I'm, I'm really trying to understand it and process it, but if I do it too much, that'll just take the fun out of love and wrestling. So you guys tell me. You be the judge. All right, so at this time, we're going to go ahead and go on to the two-minute promo, and then I'll be out of you guys' way. So without further ado, <coughs> here we go. So I don't know if you guys noticed this, but we just came out of Black History Month. And in professional wrestling, WWE especially, Black History Month used to be a month where they would acknowledge, you know, legendary black wrestlers. Your Rocky Johnsons, your Tony Atlases, Mark Henrys, Coco Bewares, Junkyard Dogs, you know, just a few, you know, maybe even a Mr. T for crying out loud. But it seems like this year, WWE just decided, despite all these other little agendas of theirs, you know, gender equality, 
and 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 you know removing the women's title from all the women's championships, you know, to women main eventing WrestleMania. I mean, so many different agendas, the Saudi Arabian agendas, all of these agendas, and yet for some odd reason, in Black History Month, all of your Black wrestlers took L's. Every last one of them. Either they lost or they were jobbed out or they were screwed. I, I, I really am trying to process of all the months to do that. Why would you do that in Black History Month of all months? People, I mean, Vince, were you really that upset at us because we wanted a Black African-American champion and you gave that to us with Kofi Kingston? And then the moment Kofi loses the title, he loses it in a five-second fashion. And you still don't even make up for that in Black History Month. Now, I mentioned to you guys earlier with Super Showdown, perfect example. Ricochet beats Bobby Lashley. It's black on black there, right? Beats Bobby Lashley in a triple threat. You protect Seth Rollins but with the two black people in the triple threat match, you gonna tell me that you got one black person pin another black person, and then you gonna have them go all the way to Saudi Arabia and job out to big white Brock Lesnar in three minutes. Where's the justice and the logic in that, people? That easily could have been Seth Rollins. That could have been anybody, really. But no, you make it ricochet of all people. Yet when Brock Lesnar goes against AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, all little guys much like ricochet, those matches were competitive. And yet this match was a complete squash on Black History Month. Go figure. And then... I mentioned Naomi. Now, you have Naomi who just came back after a long hiatus, taking some time off. She comes back at the Royal Rumble. Understandable that she didn't win the Royal Rumble, but makes it to the final four of the Royal Rumble. Gets in Bailey's face and says, you have never beaten me. Ends up in a number one contenders match. All of this in Black History Month now. Ends up in a number one contenders match, and she's the one to lose cleanly in a match to Carmella. And then somehow Carmella loses. Then you go and put her in a one on one match against Carmella to determine the number one contender for Super Showdown, to which she then beats Carmella cleanly, only to lose cleanly via, you know, a dirty trick. Still losing cleanly to Bailey. I don't understand the logic there. So then we got the Street Profits, African American tag team, competitive match, but they lose. Of all the tag teams you could have put in that tag team match, you put the Street Profits. Why? On Black History Month, 
Why? Deontay Wilder. Why? Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong sport. Nonetheless, you lost on Black History Month, bruh. Really? You see what I'm talking about? I'm just really trying to understand, black folk, what is going on this month? Talk about a horrible Black History Month. I mean, this was possibly the worst Black History Month I have ever seen in my life. I sure as heck hope next year we have a whole lot better luck because uh, this wasn't our year, Playboy. It definitely was not. This was not our month whatsoever. So uh, that being said, I'm pretty pissed off as a black man right now. And it is what it is. We're going to keep it moving because we still got a swag. We still got flavor. And at the end of the day, we on the come up, baby. Because there's a whole lot more of us coming up in the wrestling scene. And I can't wait to see us main eventing WrestleManias and so many other shows in the mere, mere future. That being said, this is your boy, Highlight Reel, a.k.a. The Prince of Bots. I know I went a little lengthy with that two-minute promo, but y'all know how I do. It's my show. I can make up the rules. That's how we do. <laughs> All right. No, nah, that's enough of that. But, uh, yo. Leave that five-star rating for your boy, please. We need that. If you're on iTunes, if you're on Spotify, wherever you're listening to, make sure you leave a review. Write your boy a comment. Show your boy some love. Follow us at Life's a Botch Podcast on Instagram. Head over to Facebook and give us a like at Life's a Botch Podcast. Join the Life's a Botch Podcast group so you can talk a lot of mess with your boy. And we can talk about Raw, SmackDown, and AEW, and Impact, and New Japan, and all these other wrestling fields. And, uh, yeah. Until next time, y'all.